0: hi everyone welcome back to keros living today i am super excited for our guest she is an awesome human and she has been one of my mentors throughout life she is just such a giving joyful and authentic person to be around and she is also the person behind my discovery of the word Caros. and yeah i just really love her a lot so today we have jess Ritchie on here hi jess hi i'm so glad you asked me oh my gosh yes i call her jess but do you go by jessica Oh no, you can say Jess.
1: I, I loved when you said that in your, um in your, fir- when you were first introducing your podcast that you're like, actually, I really like when people call me Abe. And I, people ask me that all the time. They're like, I said, Jess or Jessica. And I'm like, you could really do either. But if you know me, you'd usually call me Jess. So I like Jess. Yeah.
0: So yeah, me and Jess met in Uganda, right? That's right. Yeah. So when my family was there for the year, you came like,
1: when, do you remember when, you know, that- It was actually the summer after. So you guys had all been there for a year and you met my, oh, the dog Elsa's here with a toy. Oh, Elsa, she has a really cute fluffy dog. Who just handed me a toy that she wants to squeak right now at this perfect inopportune time. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you guys had spent a year in Uganda and my sister had come down at one point, Cassidy did and got to know you guys then. And then, oh my gosh, they just grabbed the cow toy. Do you hear that? Elsa, that's so, fu- this makes the podcast better. It's I'm great. sorry. No, this okay. is great. They've just, they've decided this is about them. And then <laughs> the following summer, I went down, we all actually went down together, I think for that May. And you guys were going back to the, for the first time, like as the first time with you guys heading back and re-seeing all the people and- Okay. So
0: yeah, I had forgotten that. I thought we had met that year. Mm -hmm. So me and my family, we went back to Uganda a few months after that year, I think for just like two weeks or so. And that's when you came. That's right. Yep. So yeah, we met in Uganda and then we, we both lived in Colorado at the time. Yeah. And we had just kind of grown close in Uganda and I just wanted to continue that when we got back to Colorado. And so just became like a really good mentor in my life in that season and just a great friend. So. That's so nice. Thanks, Dave. And it was, uh,
1: that summer was your back surgery too.
0: I was going to bring that up. Like you were in my life for like one of the biggest Mm -hmm. moments, I think. So I, for the listeners that don't know, I have scoliosis. And so that's when your spine is like, your spine should be straight, but my spine is curved. And so for like eight years or so, I wore a back brace Um, and that was supposed to help. And it did a little bit, but eventually I ended up having to get the surgery done um, to straighten out my spine. And that was, I had been like really dreading that surgery. I mean, I constantly just lived in fear of like that
1: being a possibility, you know? Yeah. Well, you, I mean, it wasn't just a a little surgery like I mean mean, (laughs) you had like metal put in your back to make sure that it's like straight it was not like a wisdom tooth kind of situation yeah and Jess was yeah that I forgot about
0: that Jess was there through that and yeah I had such a great community around me
1: you really did so many people who love you and prayed for you and I remember we did that your mom had a gathering at Graceful. Graceful wasn't even open yet. Your mom's cafe. Yeah. And so we were all sitting around there. I'll never forget that. And it was like the a couple of days before your surgery and everybody was just going around praying for you and writing notes to you and just like pouring over you with like love and care. It was really a special time to witness.
0: It really was a special time. And then we, we like, deci- I forget if that was after the surgery, but we decided to read 22, the book. Yes. Yes. Allie Trowbridge. Yes. Yes. And that everyone is where we found the word "caros." And Jess is the person I read that book with. So I knew I had to have her on the podcast because I was like, she helped me like discover this word. Oh, thanks. That was so fun. I remember you got me, you got me that bracelet after we had read it and, oh, I love that bracelet. It broke like a few months
1: ago. Oh, we have to get you a new one, apparently. I know. With color color branded to match your podcast logo.
0: Yes. <laughs> but yeah. So the first question for you, Jess, what does the word keros
1: mean to you? Yeah. So my like background is in theology and biblical studies. That was my undergrad degree. And that's I'm in graduate school now at Duke for the same thing, um, getting my master's in divinity. And so I've taken like way too many semesters of Koine Greek, which is what the New Testament is written in. And uh, it has been so fun bringing the New Testament to life in that new way and imagining different ways to interpret these like love-worn verses. And that's one of those really um, unique things that, that doesn't come out in English like it does in Greek. Like it's this, idea for time that we could you know translate chronos which is like literally time like the clock or kairos which is uh god's time like the fullness of time this idea that like it's like when i picture it it's like when you're you're so wrapped up in a creative project or like for me it's like when i'm writing papers in the middle of the night i have this feeling that time is passing and i don't really realize it like i you know like all of a sudden it's four in the morning and I'm like, oh wow, what in the world? And that to me feels like Kairos time, like these moments of joy and delight and creativity that are just full, like way more full than like a 60 second long minute or a 60 minute long hour. Like this is like Mm -hmm. the way that, that God maximizes time in some really beautiful ways. Yes. I
0: love that. Also that just made me realize, like I've been saying Kairos,
1: Instead of Kairos. Oh, so th- this is a fun thing about the Greek language is that it's a dead language, so nobody knows how it's pronounced, <laughs> except uh, ancient Greek. I will say, like uh, the Koine Greeks, that obviously people in Greece say mm-hmm. speak it out loud, and I'm not entirely sure how they would pronounce it. So I, mine could be totally wrong too. I have no idea. But yeah, it's like Latin. It's just like a dead language; nobody speaks it anymore. So that like version of Greek was only spoken for a couple decades, I think just
0: kind of like open to your interpretation i guess
1: yeah you kind of kind of guess what these vowels and sounds uh make and i think that also goes to show like
0: how you interpret keros living is like it's different for everyone you know like what does it look like to like live fully in that moment that's different for every like human being and their interactions and daily life that's right yeah that's right Hi everyone, it's Ave, interrupting mid-podcast. I know, this is weird. You might be thinking to yourself, is this a sponsored ad? And I assure you, it is not. (laughs) We are not that serious of a podcast yet. And I probably will never do sponsored ads. But anyways, I wanted to come at you with some insightful information. After looking up the word kairos, I came to the conclusion that the pronunciation is actually kairos. I know in this discussion, I consider a deep meaning that we all interpret this word differently because that's how we live it out but the actual pronunciation is kairos if you're wondering but for the sake of this podcast I will continue to say kairos because that's how I've always said it and I kind of like that better not gonna lie so just wanted to come at you with some insightful thoughts and hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast I had to share with you so I went to the bookstore like a week ago or two Cause I was going to tell you, I got into reading. I've never been a reader, but during this season of life, like I've started reading a lot and so I was going to like pick out a new book or whatever. And I kid you not, like I wasn't even looking for it, but out of the corner of my eye, I see the book 22.
1: Well, you can't miss it with that. Like teal cover. It too. felt
0: like a sign. I know that teal cover and Henry was with me, my younger brother. And he was like, "That's not a sign at all. Like you're just reading too far into it."
1: Oh my gosh! If that isn't Henry versus you, like <laughs> personality-wise, I—that's exactly what you guys summed up. It's Henry's like, "This isn't. This doesn't make any logical sense." <laughs>
0: I like find signs in like all these random things. Henry's like, "No,
1: <laughs> no, this doesn't work this way." Oh, that's so funny. And that was when I
0: was contemplating to like do the podcast.
1: Oh, fun! I interpreted
0: it as a sign like this is the right thing
1: well and I love that because you're at this perfect like we read that several years ago you were still like early high school at that point when we read the book so it was a little you know it's written for a 22 year old who's like in college trying to figure out who who she wants to be what she wants to do what her impact wants to be in the world and that was still a little too soon for you to probably like you know like you had to go to high school and still had to make these decisions, but you've always been somebody who is like, had such a, like a maturity that is beyond your years. So that's why we read it together, but I can't, it's just fun to see it come full circle now for you in the state season where now you are looking at your life and your purpose and your vocational decisions and like what schools should look like for you and like what you want your legacy and impact to be as you move forward. Like you're now an independent person moving around in the world and so those conversations and questions are so much more important now yeah that's that's
0: very true so as we get into this Jess I let's start with you like who is Jess what makes you you
1: like let's just get into that big question who is Jess great question let's see (laughs) how do I sum that up I am a sister I have four little sisters who I just love. I am a dog owner, which you are probably hearing in the background right now because I can't get them to stop playing with each other or their toys. I am a I'm a creative. I love to write and I love poetry and I love my like regular life job it involves producing a podcast and creating content to, to share with the world and making things really beautiful and have like aesthetic impact too on top of um, having meaningful life change impact. So those things are all really important to me. Um, I do love to read quite a bit. And yeah, those things all feel true about me. Yes. And with that,
0: what's happening
1: in your life right now? Yeah. Well, pandemic has been a uh, interesting and productive season for me. It's obviously been uh, unbelievably difficult and hard to fully wrap my hands around the impact that this is having on all sorts of people. I am one of the lucky ones who gets to work from home and I get to spend more time with my dogs. And uh, one of my reactions to like this endless uncertainty that we're kind of living in this, like we're suspended in midair, just kind of like everyone's holding their breath at the same time of like, when is this going to be over is like being productive. So that has that's been the last year of my life is like working a ton more I'm doing full-time school I'm you know every hour is just kind of jam-packed with things which I would normally do in a regular world but that would involve like traveling and seeing people and like right having a bunch of friends and things like that that we can't quite have in a in a pandemic world so it's met it's been really good and the, the work that I get to do in my in my daily job actually like sits at this corner of uncertainty the um person i work with my friend kate uh wrote this beautiful book called everything happens for a reason and other lies i've loved and out of that we launched a podcast and so that's the project that i get to be a part of all the time and she was diagnosed with um stage four cancer at age 35 and is also an expert in something called the prosperity gospel which is this idea that god if you just pray hard enough, God's going to give you everything you need. He's going to make you wealthy. He's going to make you healthy. It's, it's, it's a lovely idea. Like it would be really nice if it worked out that way, but it doesn't often work out that way. So when she's um, an expert in this idea, she's a historian and professor at Duke and then gets this diagnosis and writes this lovely book about how do we react to pain? How do we react to these horrible things that happen when we have to endure horrific surgeries, when we, are stuck in at home because of a pandemic when our grandparents die when um when you are like feeling isolated at school like when you're alone and lonely like how do we react to this and how do we Mm. how do we deal with people's formulas for how we should react so like if it's just as simple of like oh well everything happens for a reason but like what's the reason that we got this crazy illness or what's the reason that this, you know, and so many people want to jump to just like finding a reason and that's not always helpful. And so just creating a little bit more space there. So my work has been really meaningful in this season, just to host conversations around the things that just upend our lives, the things that break our hearts, the things that upend our lives, and then creating a little bit more nuanced conversation around how should we talk about these things when people have experienced befores and afters, making sure that the after, like sometimes the after is awful, you know, like sometimes our realities are terrible. Sometimes it sucks to feel lonely and broken and grieving. And we need a little bit more there than just like pick yourself up. Like just be happy. Like just look for the silver lining. Like sure. Those things are helpful, but they're not going to fix it. Sometimes they can't like, sometimes things like people die and you can't get them back you know, like there are, there are real things that we lose. And so just making a little bit more room to be human, to, to realize that like, we are so fragile and life is so short and still there is beauty and there is meaning and there's truth and there are friends and there's delicious food and dogs that love to cuddle and play. Like, yes, (laughs) all of these things can coexist. Life doesn't just have to be shiny. Life can also break your heart. Yeah, going off that, like, the importance of, like, sitting in that and feeling
0: that sometimes is so needed. Like, we, as humans, just want, we're oriented on the schedule and to-do lists, but often, and I think COVID has made us kind of just sit with this, like, life looks so different right now. There's a lot of hurt people, a lot of isolation, you know, no events going on, and what does it mean to sit in that and feel that, but also, still notice those like small moments of joy and those small
1: inklings of hope. Yes, that's exactly right, Ave. It's, it's the both, you know, the both and of like, yes, Things are so terrible. And this is not what we expected life was going to look like this year. Like, are you kidding me? This is not what you thought your first year of college was going to be like, like, Mm -hmm. this is not what we imagined. And also there are little moments that we can control. We can have like really delicious coffee or like call a friend we haven't talked to in a long time or get outside and have a walk and so just but like figuring out which things you are are in your control and which things aren't is like so tricky because I think we'd like to think like it's our fault we should just I shouldn't feel this way we could just make everything better but really like some of this stuff is out of our control like a global virus that (laughs) is all locked at home I know yeah
0: no that's that's so true and insightful and yeah I've I think I've just been thinking lately like how would I be different right now if COVID wasn't happening? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, as much and as hard as COVID has been, it's been like a season to slow down. I think that was necessary at some point. And it's a—it's not like a perfect like slowdown. Like there's still a lot of hurt, a lot of other things happening. But I think it's challenged us to like really just notice more. Mm-hmm. What kind of things are you noticing? I think I'm just noticing a lot more about myself. Like I've been able to really grow, I think, take a step back from like this fast paced life and kind of, I mean, even though I'm not in college right now and that's, it's hard and it's not like, it's not something I want to be going through. Yeah. But the little joy from it has been like, I've gotten able to take a step back, notice why life was becoming like so draining for me and kind of reflect and try to understand more of who i am who i want to be as i move forward i think mm-hmm. that's good yeah um i want to talk about so jess does this thing every day where she reads a poem
1: how how do you pick a poem to read or tell us like more about that yeah well last year last march everything was shutting down. It was like mid-March and the, you know, Duke is the school that I go to and the school that I work at and had just announced that like we're canceling school, like stay home. Like it was just, everything was shutting down at once. And I just saw collectively the world was getting a little chaotic and my anxiety was growing because we just knew so little about the virus. We knew so little about how it was Spread about how quickly it would start to affect us. So I um, picked up a blessing. There's actually, they're all right in front of me. I have this like pile right here, but like there's this author named um, Jan Richardson. She's ordained Methodist pastor and she writes these books of blessings that are just so beautiful and they're for the season. So she has one that's called Circle of Grace and it goes through like the church calendar season. So for Lent or for Advent or for Epiphany or for Pentecost. And then there's another one called The Cure for Sorrow, which is also by her. And it's a book of blessings she wrote after her husband died. They'd only been married for three years. And so a blessing seems very um, counterintuitive to grief because when you think blessing, you think of like hashtag blessed, right? Like I have this great family or like, look at this cool thing I bought or whatever. And we think like, oh, God has blessed me so much. And I really love her like counterintuitive blessing is that just when we need God to show up just in the middle of our grief and our sorrow and our depression and our loneliness and our like it's in those spaces where a blessing is actually like required like God please please show up in this space and bless us so she has this blessing called a blessing when the world is ending and I remember last March just being like the world does feel a bit like it's ending (laughs) and I feel like people might want to hear this and so then it honestly it was like two or th- two or three months that I was reading poems every morning and then it just became a really lovely discipline and like there's something about mm-hmm. I grew up in a more like non-denominational evangelical world but I now go into a, a Methodist divinity school it does rely a little bit more on like a liturgical uh church practice where you read prayers and their prayers that people have read for years and years and years. There's something there that I really love about getting lost in the words of others, like words that have been said for generations that like, even if they don't feel true today, or even if it's hard for me to believe this now, or even when I've run out of words to pray, like to rely on this thing that thousands of people over generations have prayed has been really meaningful to me. Like I can find myself in the big family of faith Um, when sometimes faith feels harder to come by. And so in that same vein, like reading poetry and prayers and blessings, when the world feels so overwhelming has been a nice anchoring point of like, I am not the only one who has felt this before, even when it feels like it, it feels like it's like, oh my God, the world is crumbling. It's only happening to me. Why do I feel so alone and how stressed I am or how sad I am or how afraid I am? But like, poetry holds so much emotion in it. And these prayers and poems and blessings hold so much emotion that like, I can just trust that I'm not alone. People have been here. They have felt these things. They have felt bigger emotions and some of these language that can really hold a lot of that, like a lot of pain and and joy and suffering and fear all at once. Yeah.
0: I have to say too, when you like read it, it's so like calming, like just your voice. It's so like chill and just like hopeful. Thanks, babe. Your delivery is great.
1: <laughs> hey, thanks. Maybe I should get into like reading audiobooks or something. <laughs> I think so. Honestly, I was
0: like, Jess, wow. But yeah, I love it because every morning when I go on Instagram, it feels real. And I think it's on Instagram. It's so hard nowadays to see
1: something that is like real and authentic. Thanks, babe. And it feels like in this age of so much disconnection when like we can't go hang out with our friends and we can't, you know, I live far away from my friends and family. I live in North Carolina and the people that I love are thousands of miles away. And so there are things about social media that make me like want to quit and never log on again. You know, like, (laughs) like a waste of time, a total time suck. I can feel like I'm comparing myself to everybody else's life. But then there's these chances for like, beauty and hope and like I've even looking the painting behind you is that Morgan Harper Nichols? yes there's like an example of a perfect oh my gosh Instagram person who like makes the internet a safe gentle place to land who oh my gosh I just love her we had her on our podcast in the fall and she is a delight what a beautiful beautiful person Oh my gosh and I just found out the other day she has
0: her own podcast right
1: Yes that's right she's been interviewing all sorts of like creatives and Instagram poets and things like that
0: Oh guys if you don't know Morgan Harper Nichols she is so cool she like has the best quotes mm-hmm. she also is very artistic and creates these like beautiful like spreads of her work too.
1: And all of her quote series, they always have one person in mind. So that's how she does it. She has people email her and like, give me your name and a little bit about your story. And she then writes something, but with that person's in mind. And it's so, but it's cool because so much of it like resonates outside of just that one person. And that like goes back to what you said, like we're not alone in our feelings, even
0: though like it can totally feel like it sometimes. She's awesome. I can't believe you had her on your podcast. That's so cool. So you get your poems from these books, right? Yeah. And how do you pick a poem for the day? Do you like go in order? Does one just speak to you?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is what I'm waking up feeling, you know, so the other day we had just crossed 500,000 people that had died because of COVID. And so I'm just thinking like, how do we talk about collective grief like this? Like half a million Americans have just died. Like, what do we, that doesn't, it doesn't compute to my brain, you know? And I Mm -hmm. like, those are grandparents and those are aunts and uncles and parents and kids. And yeah, like those are people with names and faces and stories. So I was just, I wanted to find a poem that day that like reflected some of that grief or the other day I watched this New York Times documentary on nurses, people working on the ICU. Oh my gosh. And it was just this, they had these nurses wear these GoPros in their ICU. And so you were seeing just honestly the chaos, the like the the heartbreak, the exhaustion that these nurses go Mm -hmm. through on a day-to-day battle on the COVID front lines. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, nurses. And my one of my sisters is a nurse. So I wanted to find like a blessing for nurses that day, or a mm. prayer for, for nurses. So most of it's like, I think that's where it's a little bit of a devotional practice for me is like this ritual of checking in with myself, thinking of like the feelings that I, and things that I'm feeling about what the world is feeling and thinking about, and then just trying to find something that would meet that need or at least reflect it. Not necessarily that it's going to have all the answers, but just like pull the words and vocabularies together that I wouldn't necessarily be able to do myself. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And I, I love the one you read today. It was like about prayer. Mm -hmm. It just made me think really differently about that and like why we pray and
1: what it means to pray and where do our prayers go? You know, that's right. It's this lovely Mary Oliver. Um she died a few years ago, but she's a prolific poet and she often her poems are most of them are all about the natural world. Like she's just walking around in nature, like reflecting on trees or geese or the sun or the whatever it is. Um and so this one was a poem about prayer and how she saw, like she's like, I don't know what prayer is all about. I don't know what this is for. But then she like opens a door and hears a bird sing and it's like, but there's no way that's not prayer. Like you can't convince me otherwise. And I just love that idea of like prayer is really hard to figure out and like know what it is or what it's for what what we're doing with it but like that bird's definitely praying right now I love that and that
0: also like ties into like the small things the small joys like when the birds chirp in the morning or the sunlight coming in your window you know those small like moments where you can just see hope
1: yeah that's exactly right
0: yeah I'm gonna ask you like a big question okay what have been some
1: awakenings in your life to get you where you are now? Hmm. I always wish, I mean, I'm 30 now, you know, I feel like I'm like a, like I probably am an adult at this point that I should probably be like, I am an adult. <laughs> um, but I, oh, I do wish sometimes that I would have been like, you know, that little girl that was like, I've always wanted to be a teacher. Like, I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I wish I had like a thing that I was like, this is what I always liked to be, but I don't I haven't necessarily. It's just been like this wandering. I just take the next right step or the next interesting step or the next fun step is probably more like it. It's like, I don't have this big vocational goal or vision for my life. i more, I'm just like, Oh, this would be fun. Let's try this. And I think leaning into the, the things that bring me to life has really opened some really fun doors. Like I've gotten to do such cool work, getting to meet such amazing people. And like, Getting to go to grad school at Duke has been so fun. Like it just felt like this reset of my life, but it wasn't ever like this was in the plans. Like it wasn't in the cards. I didn't think this 10 years ago. I just said, yes. I just kept saying yes to fun things. So I think that has been one of the things that I felt awake to. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Like some people have big visions. They know the big schools they want to go to or the big jobs they want to have. And But sometimes it's in the the little yeses and like it can still create a really beautiful meaningful life that reflects like passion and purpose and hope. And, and who knows 10 years from now, what my like small yeses will lead to. I don't even, I don't have a clue. (laughs) (laughs) Day by day. Yeah. Well, I was going to share too.
0: I'm reading this book right now that Hannah recommended to me. So Hannah is one of our, our friends. We love Hannah. Love her. It's an audio book and it's been great to like, just listen to it. It's emphasizing this idea of, like, staying curious. Mm. And I think that's been so interesting for me throughout the season. Like, what does it look like to be curious every day and, like, want to learn more? Instead of, like, c- comparing, realizing, like, you don't have the knowledge and being curious and leaning into that. Yep. There's.
1: Have you watched Ted Lasso yet? Yes! Oh so oh my gosh what a brilliant beautiful kind smart funny empathetic there was so many like one-liners
0: in there that i'm like (gasps) yes oh my gosh what a like in the moment guy he was too
1: oh my gosh seriously talk about kairos living right there Yeah, but there's this line that he said that I know he was quoting someone else, so I'm forgetting who he was quoting. It's like one of those, um, you know, Michael Scott is quoting Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like that moment where I was about to say, he says something like, stop judging, stay curious, or something like that. Yeah. Was
0: that like the dart scene when he was, oh my God. (laughs) Guys, watch Ted Lasso. It's so. This is going to become
1: a Ted Lasso stand (laughs) account right here. But I love that. It's it reminded me of that. It's be curious, not judgmental. And technically it's Walwoodman dash Ted Lasso, but I love what you're saying is like, I feel like we can kind of walk into the world with our arms crossed. Um, and we could be like, this is what I think. And this is what it is. And so just having like opening our arms and being like, what does it mean to be curious right now? Even though this is uncomfortable or new or scary, like what can I be curious about today? And I think for me, like, I have recently, like,
0: realized that I struggle, like, I think comparison for me is a lot, like, a lot of times I don't think I'm smart enough to do something. I can't contribute to this conversation because I don't have any facts to share. I don't know what's really going on, but how can I lean into that and, like, want to be curious and, like,
1: I want to know and I want to learn and, yeah. That's a lovely posture to take, especially, I mean, and it's, it's funny our brains can convince us that like there are these metrics that of belonging right these metrics that say whether we're in or whether we're out and some of that can be I don't know enough about this topic or like I've never read that book or watched that movie like how I and instead of being like oh I'd love to learn more our minds are like just shut it down shut it down you don't belong here this is it for you you're not smart enough or or worldly enough or like experienced enough. And that's just not true. The world is a lovely place to get to know. So I think that's a great idea. I love that. Jess quote right there.
0: <laughs> Jess is one of the wisest people. You're one of the wisest people. Aww, thank you. In all seriousness.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Well, wait, before you move on, I do want okay. to say you are not dumb you are not not knowledgeable you are not not smart so don't let that like percolate any longer than it needs to because you're gentle and kind and wise and knowledge doesn't always mean like that you know all of these statistics or all the nuances on this political conversation or like what you should feel about this issue like knowledge is also like social or being relational or having emotional intelligence, like your ability to act in those spaces is also deeply smart. So. Thanks, Jess. And I think, you know, even though I just have gone to like a
0: quarter of college so far, you start to realize like you're, you are finding who you are. You're kind of developing your beliefs and you start to like, just kind of think about that. Oh
1: my gosh, seriously. It's such a fun it's, it's probably overwhelming, but it is a fun age to be like, oh my gosh, you have like the world's greatest parents who it's not like they were like, you must believe this. Like your parents are, <laughs> yes. I gosh, I look up to them so much in the ways that they like parents and are your friends at the same time and like live into their own callings and gifts in the world. But I think it's such a fun time to just explore like, oh yeah, right. You're just questioning. Like, why do I believe this? Or why do you believe that? Like, that curiosity, that posture of curiosity is going to serve you so well. And also I'll give you a little hint. I'm a little bit further, just a barely further down the road. It is mostly all questions. That's it. You learn that you don't know anything and you still don't know anything and nobody really knows anything. And everybody's (laughs) just learning to ask better questions. And that's like the place you want to get is like, you're not going to get necessarily firm, concrete answers, but you will learn how to ask better questions. That's great insight. Yeah but also really probably frustrating for like a Henry kind of mind. Like Henry would want to know, tell me this black or white, like tell me exactly how is this supposed to work? Oh my gosh. Yes. So
0: true for you. Like what is something that keeps you
1: going and like waking up every day? Yeah. What keeps you going? I feel, I think this is why the work that I do is so meaningful to me, but it just, I feel pulled toward creating a little bit more space in this, like the world is not all the world is awful. Yes. But the world is also so beautiful and like people are awful. Yes. But also people are like these beautiful gifts of creative minds and curiousness and, and joy and hilarity and playfulness. And I just like, I just want to add more space there. And so I think that's the fun part of this is like, I would love to live there. Like, I think I have a penchant toward pure optimism that I just want to imagine that like things are better than they are and like everything's going to be fine. It's great. Don't ignore all the terrible. And I think I lived like that for a long time. And like various things kind of forced that out of my hand, you know, like things fall apart, you can't get back. Relationships end and people die and the world that we know it kind of closes down, you know? And so I think living in that space is both hard but beautiful is just finding a little bit more room to imagine hope today, like hope that's nuanced and hope that also oh, there's a there's this lovely poem. There's this poet whose name is Polly Murray and Polly Murray is a episcopal priest, she's a lawyer, she's queer, she's amazing and she's from Durham which is where I live. Oh my gosh, wow. She is dead, but she has just had some lasting impact on like the civil rights movement and her house is right by my office in Durham. And it, like, they just celebrate her as such a pinnacle of the city and of the civil rights movement. And she has this poem that starts, hope is a song in a weary throat. I think that's right. And it, it just, this idea that like, hope is not something that's just pure optimist. Like hope means that it's born out of, out of loss. You would need to be hopeful if everything always works out, but like, it's those of us who have experienced terrible things or depression or anxiety or loneliness or death or disease or terrible diagnoses or divorce or whatever it is. Like, those are the people that know what it means to hope because hope is like not guaranteed. It means that you actually know that things might not work out. So I just love that. Hope is a song in a weary throat. It just adds so much like more texture that's so good, yeah.
0: Especially right now, too. Like, like it comes from a hard place, but yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really cool. What would you tell people right now that are like, it's hard for them to find hope?
1: Hmm. I think starting small, just like tiny, tiny little containers, tiny little delights. Yes. You know, like eat eat something delicious, like something that makes you happy, like watch a happy show, like Ted Lasso. That's what you should watch. (laughs) Just orient yourself toward the beautiful things. I think that gives me hope. I think reading books from people who have experienced something terrible or watching a movie of somebody who, who knows resilience in the face of awful, like all of that gives me hope. Like, I think hope is also found in these lovely stories of people going above and beyond and giving to their neighbors or the stories of nurses and frontline workers and grocery store stalkers who are like showing up when they actually have no choice like that, but they show up anyways. I think all of those things give me hope that life will feel different. It doesn't today, but it won't always feel like this.
0: That's really good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, Abe. This is so fun.
0: I wanted to ask you too are you still doing Jess is like really good at calligraphy so I had to ask
1: are you still doing calligraphy you know i haven't it's so funny i like i used to so it started as something i did personally and almost another like devotional like practice where i would take words that meant a lot to me quotes or poems or something that felt like meaningful and then I'd just like illustrate it in a beautiful way but I haven't my life has been so busy I have not done that in a couple of years so I do miss it I do miss like I used to have all my like paints and I know like everything spread out everywhere and it's all under my house now like in boxes so I do miss I miss like having another creative outlet like that I have like two semesters left of this degree but I can't wait until I am like (laughs) done I can read books that I want to read and write things I want to write and paint again yes. and oh. letter and all of those things. Yes. So good. I still have your, you are enough
0: one and I love it. It's on my desk. Well, you are. That's right. <laughs> oh, so Jess is just the best. I'm so excited. We could do this today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Ave.
0: Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. And I just hope, this was a little bit of encouragement for you and a little bit of just a space and place to just pause and just be and oh my gosh I almost forgot Jess so every guest I have on here I ask them their favorite song at the moment oh my gosh you have a favorite song to share
1: right now I almost forgot That would have been bad (laughs) well I might not even have a good answer okay so this is like the funniest I not funniest, but it is a like a quirk of my personality. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I can't remember a single word to a single song. Like I love you music, serious? but I, something about it, like my brain breaks and then it like nothing sticks. Like so it's well, I'll sing along and nothing will stick in my brain. So I'm trying to think it's like, I'll sing along, but I'll like get like th- generally, like if the word is like, the word is like, and we're dancing and I'll be like. And we 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 were driving all night, like that's so funny. (laughs) Like I will not will not remember it at all. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I have a top song right now. I've been loving like, uh, do you know Julia Michaels? Yes. Okay, so her her albums are so fun. That's kind of been like the the genre that I've been listening to lately, and obviously all the the new Taylor Swift I've been loving. But yeah, I don't know if I have like a I've been listening to a lot of NPR. Ooh. So, <laughs> it's weird though, now that I don't have a commute, I don't listen to music as frequently. Like when I used to drive to work, I would like listen to a song all day. But now I just move from my bed there to my desk here. <laughs>
0: her desk. And <laughs>
1: that's right. <laughs> Maybe I should get like a two second playlist just from bed to desk and just like pretend. Oh my gosh. Like- that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> okay, but Send me any songs that you're listening to and I'll add them to my daily. Okay, I will. I might get through one song (laughs) in the next three months, probably, but.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Well, thank you so much, Jess. This has been great. And I just want to encourage the listeners. You're in this life day by day living, waking and sleeping to what's to come. And you're fully in it and embracing it. So you're doing it and you're doing awesome. And you're also a pretty cool human yourself. So hope you all have a great week ahead and can't wait to see you next time on Karis Livin'. Bye!